We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. Zach Kelberman. Zach, we've got some stuff to get to relative to the injury report, some developments on Greg Dulcich and the woe is me thing that continues with him. And of course, our head-to-head, we'll see what's in the chat. But first things first, there was a roster move today. Breakdown for everybody, why the Broncos cut a certain somebody. Yeah, so uh, Ronnie Perkins, some of you might have heard of him. Some of you might not have. He's played in five games for Denver. He was signed off the Patriots practice squad in September, uh, mostly as a backup. He had a handful of tackles, a couple quarterback uh, hits. It was surprising to me, not that they released him, but they did it now, Chad, with Nick Benito ruled out with that knee injury. Benito didn't practice the entire week. He's not going to play against the Lions, and it really really whittles that depth down at outside linebacker. Behind Baron Browning and Jonathan Cooper, all you have is Thomas Incombe, an undrafted rookie free agent, and Drew Sanders, who's technically an inside linebacker, kind of converting to outside linebacker. So not a surprise that Perkins is gone. He was always a developmental back of the roster type, but the fact that they're so bare at edge rusher now kind of scares me a little bit. Yeah. If you look at the injury report, you have, let's see, two rush linebackers listed Nick Benito, which you just mentioned, who's been ruled out and Jonathan Cooper with an ankle limited, limited, limited. Now keep in mind Tuesday's practice, you know, usually goes Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is when they practice. Well, it's a short week, and that short week is a Saturday game. So it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. However, Tuesday, it wasn't a real practice, according to Sean Payton. It's basically the listings as far as the designations that day, Zach, were what probably they that player would have done had they practiced. So keep in mind that that fact, but Jonathan Cooper – how worried are you about this, Zach? Limited Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, with that move coming in on Ronnie Perkins, I'm a little bit worried, but I infer from this that Jonathan Cooper is probably going to be, they expect him to play. Yeah, because the Broncos had two options. They could, you know, reinforce OLB. They have Darrell Nachami, who we talked about last week. They just picked him up, signed him to the practice squad. But it was reported by the Denver Gazette, Chris Thomason, that the Broncos are expected to promote Lucas Kroll, the tight end, to the 53 to help replace uh, Greg Dulcich, who's been ruled out. If they were worried about Jonathan Cooper, Chad, on top of having Benito out, on top of uh, cutting Perkins, I don't think they would promote crawl over another edge rusher man let's just talk about it real quick before we get to a couple of well no let's let's grab a couple quick hellos relative to what i know we have on deck tonight i want to make sure people aren't waiting around too long the papa bear david mcelrath in the house so good to see you brother thank you for the early super chat before we even went live david says good evening to everybody hashtag 11 and 6 buck them Times three, MHH for life, Denver Broncos for life. So cool, David. Thank you, buddy. Really appreciate you. And how wild is it, David? You've been saying 11 and six for a while. And here we are in the final stretch of the season, Zach, and it's actually on the table as a legit possibility. Is it a probability? 
This team's been too volatile for me to say it's a probability, I think, but it's definitely on the table. It, it sure is. Uh, if you look at the quarterbacks, the Broncos are scheduled to face. Three of them are were backups to start the season. Jared Goff, who they're playing on Saturday, is the lone exception. And if they went out, which I'd say it's possible, I wouldn't call it probable, then you might be looking at the AFC West chat if certain things break uh, in the Broncos' favor. I mean, you could talk about the Broncos as the fourth or third seed coming out of the AFC. True. Thank you, Papa Bear. We uh, much love and respect. Let's grab this from Troy real fast and then get to some topics here. Troy, uh, so good to see you tonight, big dog. Thank you so much for all you do, supporting all the different shows on MHH. You the man. Says, hey guys, huge sigh of relief if PJ Locke plays. Filling a big Jerry Judy game. You and sounds like Nick Kendall both. Uh, Troy says he handled did Judy last week's disappointments like a pro, not the entitled player of the last few years. Huge Judy game coming, I hope. You know, I think it really is kind of um it's kind of Zach Sean Payton's style, you know, the the classic overcorrection. Um Let's let's feed Jerry Judy not only more targets than we have been, but like big opportunity targets, right? Like you had the two deep balls and the drop, not drop touchdown, but we'll call it a woeful awareness, a squandered touchdown, squandered touchdown. Thank you. Um, where he just didn't have the spatial awareness, despite the space, the plenty of space he had to get his feet down. Uh, I think a lot of people would go, all right, they tried it. Now it's back to business as usual, status quo. But I think Sean Payton will try and feed the beast, so to speak. First of all, the font chat on these questions, it's giving me like 2018 vibes, like when our faces were super close. I'm to going like, well, I don't know what's changed. There we go. I think that's better. I think it's more, right, Scott? Isn't that the traditional one? All right. So the thing with Judy, Chad, to hop back into that for a second, I kind of liked earlier in the week he met with the uh, press and he kind of took responsibility for the drop touchdown, all the yards and points he left on the field. He goes, I have to be better, which is a perfectly acceptable answer. I was ready to commend him for the maturity, but then he ended it by saying, you know, I ran really good routes. I, I, it's, it wasn't good enough. It doesn't matter how good of a route runner you are if you can't do the basics of the receiver position. So I'm not looking to give that squeaky wheel any more grease. I'm not looking to course correct or, or do something that's going to hamper the natural flow of the offense. Right now, the receiving core goes through Cortland Sutton. And until he demonstrates any reason for that to change, that's how it has to be. Run the freaking football, play hard-nosed ball control offense, and if you're going to put it up in the air, Throw it to Cortland Sutton, not Jerry Judy. Indeed. It's uh, guys, yes. It's, I mean, fathom that. Your job is to catch the ball. On one hand, you're saying, yeah, I could have been better, but I did half my job really well. I ran half the route, or I ran the route, which is half the job. You got to catch it, et cetera. Uh, guys, lots more to get to. I mean, Woofy, we can see what's on uh, Woofy's mind here. Pizza, pizza, indeed. And that's a, as opportune a time as any Zach to remind everybody to keep it with little Caesars, which is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL on game day. All right. It's a huge part of what we do here at my house at the, at Casa Jensen, not only on game days, but throughout the week, little Caesars pizza always hits the spot. And I'm a big fan of their uh, jalapeno nacho cheese dip on almost anything I buy from them. But order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day Sunday, and get ready for some football and fun. You choose your Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. And Zach, either way, you win. Now, I talked about this on Monday's podcast. With the Broncos game being Saturday night, you're going to want to just hunker down. You're not going to want to cook dinner. Go to Little Caesars, pick you up a pizza, pick you up crazy bread, even a two-liter, a full meal. It's simple. It's delicious. I highly recommend to enjoy that with the Broncos. Beating the Lions, and speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the next Broncos game. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let's talk about this real quick. <clears throat> Get back to the, the fathom word. We'll use fathom as the word of the day here. Um, Greg Dulcich spends the last eight weeks on injured reserve. Well, let me just rewind it for a second. Greg Dulcich banged up, banged up. It's been especially hamstrings with him since he came into the league. Plays the first game this season, gets hurt. Uh, hamstring, <coughs> pardon me, goes on IR, short-term IR, which means four games missed, comes back week six against the Chiefs, that road game on Thursday night, re-aggravates it back on actual IR for eight weeks, Zach. Now, here he is, after we heard about from Sean Payton earlier this week, how the, basically he's been jet-setting Dulcich across the fruited plain, finding all the, the, the most information he can get, and the Broncos as well, on why he continues having this hamstring issue, what he can do, weight to uh, uh, frame issues and this and that. And he sounded bullish, actually, on Dulcich coming back. Well, he practiced yesterday, Wednesday, in full, Zach, and then he's listed today as a did not participate. And instead of it just saying hamstring on the injury report like it did yesterday, it also includes slash foot. I, you you can call him, you know, Greg Butt, or you can call him Jake Dulcich. It's another tight end the Broncos were very high on. They've used uh, premium capital on a guy who can be a game changer and was a game changer in this offense when healthy, but that's the wrap. It doesn't matter if you have all the talent in the world. If you can't help the team, if you're constantly in the training room, I mean, what's the good of it? It's just, he had a full practice yesterday, finally, after weeks on IR, weeks of working off to the side, he was listed solely on the Wednesday injury report with the hammy. Fine. Today's report comes out, he wasn't practicing, and now he has a hammy and a foot. So the guy comes back after one practice and picks up a new injury. That's what I was talking about on either Sunday's pod or Monday's pod. I don't know that the Broncos coaching staff still trust Greg Dulcich. How could you? They've burned, they've been burned once already with his first stint. He got immediately injured after that. Whatever they get from Dulcich over the course of the rest of the year, if anything, will be a bonus. It's just such a bummer, man, because they could really use his playmaking. Like you go, oh, well, you got the speed thing with Lucas Kroll. And it's true. They're probably pretty close. I off the top of my head don't recall both their uh, 40 times. But it's true that Curl can run probably dang close anyway to what Dulcich can in a vertical line. But Dulcich is a significantly smoother athlete, just a more polished and talented receiver. And it really could have, he really could be used right now. So, Phil, down in Tucson, proving that Broncos country is not a geographic location, it is in fact a state of being. Love you, big dog. He says, Good evening, Chad Zach and Deacon Scott. Really hoping to see some deep passes early. And some pressure on Jared Goff. Hashtag Buckham Go Broncos MHH for life. Yeah, that's something, Zach, for what it's worth. Uh, the Ronk also. So good to see you tonight, Mike. Love you, big dog. That's something that in a very uh, uh, in-depth article from Nick Kendall today, he exposed relative to the Detroit Lions. Uh, let me just read a couple quick points here. This is Nick writing about the opportunity the Broncos have to Continue going to Jerry Judy. Quote, since week seven, <clears throat> pardon me, since week seven this season, the Lions have 
the 28th ranked defense in EPA per play. We'll get to the head to head, but this is some analytic stuff. 29th ranked defensive success rate. Uh, while the metrics show the Lions have, have been good against the run, uh, they have the second worst EPA per pass in the league over that time period. And then Zach, he goes on to uh, talk about how much the one boundary cornerback is actually the number two boundary cornerback, Jerry Jacobs, has played, which ostensibly that's who Judy would be going against. So getting back to what Phil's saying about airing it out and going vertical, you, you're going to have an opportunity to do that against the Lions if the stars align and dudes execute. Yeah, um, there's no question about it. If you watched the game film last week, the Detroit-Chicago game, if if Luke Getze and Justin Fields can do that, put points on Detroit and make them look silly on defense, I have no doubt that Sean Payton's cooking up something special. And it's You wrote about it, Chad, what Dan Campbell said, the Lions coach, that the Broncos and Sean Payton are coming into Detroit with the hopes of embarrassing the Lions on primetime television. But I'm going to change the topic to the other side of the ball because I thought we had a question about Jared Goff. Montez Sweat, the Chicago Bears defensive lineman, after playing him last week, he came out and said, we knew the tale of the tape on Jared Goff. When you get him in a third down, he becomes a much less effective quarterback. You get him off the field much quicker. And if anyone watches Barry's videos on YouTube, those who know, know, you, he goes from Jared Goff to Jared Goof very, very quickly. If you pressure him, he gets rattled. And when he gets rattled, he turns the ball over, be it a fumble, be it a pick. This is a guy the Broncos should be pinning their ears back to go against. And I look for VJ chat to dial up the pressure early and often. Amen to that. The triple C in the house, Colby C. Collier. So good to see you, brother. He says, I don't care who it is. We just need touchdowns and the lead. We're a lot better with the lead. Huge game under the spotlight, and I think we're up to it. Go Broncos. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things, Zach, where, you know, this kind of is a team built to play with the lead. So if you can get out to an early lead, it's going to behoove you because you run the ball well, which means you're going to suck clock. On those games that you choose to be efficient on third down, you stay on the field, and then your defense is predatory. So when teams start having a hard time, Zach, resisting the the urge to pass, 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 and try and catch up, even if it's a single-score margin, that's where this pass rush and Vance Joseph credit him again. His creative blitz packages, the twists as well, the stunts, really come into play. And then you have an, a, a secondary whose ball production and just the magnetism that whole unit has for being around the ball. And it's a great recipe. Plus you've got a kicker that you can count on, especially late in the season. So let's hope Colby you're, you're right. Uh, in terms of not necessarily a prediction, you're not predicting, but let's, let's hope what you're urging comes to fruition. Yeah, I mean, this is a big game for Jaquan McMillian, who's quickly becoming one of the best blitzing defensive backs in the entire league. And he should have had a scoop and score last week. It should have been called that. But I expect Vance to dial up the pressure and uh, get after him. But it's not solely about Goff. What scares me about Detroit, and we'll get into the head-to-heads like you said, their ground game with uh, Montgomery and Gibbs and also their tight end Sam Laporta. The rushing attack and the tight end, that's the two bugaboos that have remained um, issues with the Broncos defense this season. So it's imperative they stop those players and force Goff to become goof. If they do that, I really like the Broncos' chances, Colby. Yeah, we're uh, we're going to get into the head-to-head. Shout out to FJ, Jeff Andrews in the house. What's up, brother? Um, Pearl, good to see you. We got Lorenzo, David on YouTube. Uh Pearl saying, hey, I'm not a fan of Jerry Judy. He lost me totally last week. So all that goodwill and trust, which is another thing that uh, Nick wrote about today, uh, he, he did. It's funny, Zach, be, it has evaporated. It's funny because if you rewind the tape, again, this offseason when all the rumors started, what were we saying? Well, if you got to trade one of these guys, trade Sutton. Because yeah. what had Sutton done for the, since he tore his ACL? Nothing. Meanwhile... Judy had one of the most productive romps to close out a season, like say a five-game stretch uh, in all of Broncos' annals. But then you go back further than that. You go back to the beginning of the 2022 season, and Judy's name was mud around Broncos country. Oh, he's a bust. 
can't hold on to the ball. And when he's on the field, it's not for long. He gets hurt, <clears throat> gets uh, injured. He earned what I'm getting at here, Zach. A lot of that good grace and, and trust and excitement back the way he played down the stretch last year. But it seems like, as evidenced here by Pearl and other comments I'm seeing in the chat, uh, not to go back and rehash the whole conversation on Judy, but he's lost it again. Yeah, I mean, in terms of potential, you can only be patient for so long. If it was a, a rookie or a first-year player or even a second-year player, it's acceptable to wait and hope that the light bulb goes on and he realizes that potential. But Judy now, 20, 21, 22, 24 years in the NFL, Chad, he should already be producing as a first-round talent on the same level as a C.D. Lamb, on the same level as a Justin Jefferson, and he's not even coming close to that. So... You're right. I was one of the ones that was calling for Sutton to be dealt and, and keep Judy around. Fortunately, Sean Payton knows better than I do. Um, but Pearl, to answer your question or your comment, we're not going to have to worry about Jerry for too long. I, I do think he'll be dealt with after the season. Brandon, I'm going to take your word for this. Appreciate the assist. Um, I did not do this research, but we'll take your word for it. He said the Dulcich, you know, talking about comparable 40 times here. Dulcich, 40 time, a 4-7. Lucas Kroll, a 4-6-4. So Kroll, a few, uh, few fractions of a second, Zach, faster than Dulcich in a straight line. I'd be interested to see some of the other ones if you could, if it's possible. Oh, we got it from, from Mr. Producer. Okay. All right. So Scott's saying Kroll wasn't invited to the combine, so it's hard to count those uh, comparisons as being entirely accurate because pro days and stuff like that, it, when it's all you've got to go on, Zach, it's all you've got to go on. But relative to uh, the integrity of a combine 40, um, teams like to kind of inflate things, hide things, you know, shave the, shave the numbers here, this and that. And I'm not saying that's what happened with Curl, but tough to compare. Well, the thing is, what made Dulcich's number uh, a four seven? He, he's more quick than fast. He's kind of like a gazelle, where he just uh, he has that grace about him when he runs. Unfortunately, that was the reported issue with the Broncos and, and Dulcich, and the fact that he had a gait problem, he had a stride problem, and he had even a walking issue, and he had to kind of relearn how to do those things so he can stay healthier. Obviously, it didn't serve him too well if he picked up a foot on top of that, but doesn't matter. He can run a 4-3, Chad, at what he weighs and how big he is. It doesn't matter if he's constantly injured. At least Kroll is available. This is true. Um, let me see here. From So Kroll's pro day, he had a 35-inch vertical and a 4-5-4 40-yard dash at his pro day. So that's a pit. Interesting. Interesting. Well, with Dulcich being once again, relegated Zach to the to the uh, training table, so to speak, trainer's table, I should say. Um, Sean Payton might not have much choice but to try and make some hay with Lucas Kroll. And honestly, what we've seen from Kroll so far in limited action has been encouraging. You know, he made that one big play in Houston. He had a couple other opportunities, one of which was a, a would have been beautiful if Russ I can't remember on that given play I'm thinking of the week prior if Russ missed him or if he just didn't have time to get through the progression, pressure, escape the pocket, all that stuff. But you might not have much choice. Troutman, I mean, if you look at – so Troutman, Zach, has started um, 12 games for the Broncos in year one as a Bronco. Greg Dulcich has appeared in exactly 12 games as a pro with the Broncos. And if you look at their numbers – uh, it's not even close. I mean, Troutman's averaging, this is off the top of my head from writing the article yesterday, trying to remember. He's averaging about 15 yards a game. He does have three touchdowns, though, Zach, over the 12 games. Um, so he's averaging 15 yards per game. Dulcich averaging, well, over over 12 games, he has, he has something like 436 receiving yards, which is obviously quite a lot more than 15 yards per game. Um, plus his yards per reception is three or four yards higher than Troutman, which in a tight end position is actually, I mean, that's glaring at any receiver position, but especially at tight end, that gap. 
you know what Troutman also has is the trust of Sean Payton and the confidence of the coaching staff, including um, Joe Lombardi and including quarterback Russell Wilson. I'm not a big Troutman fan, but at least he's available. He's reliable and he's consistent with what he brings to the table. It's all floor with him and no ceiling pretty much, but it's the opposite with Greg Dulcich. They just need a, a, a big body out there that can provide some sort of safety blanket for Russell Wilson. We all wanted that to be Dulcich. Some of us wanted that to be Albert O. I'm so glad the Broncos got that mid-round pickback from Philadelphia for him, Chad. But they have to just make do with who they have right now. Don't forget about Lucas Kroll. He led all tight ends in the preseason in uh, catches and receiving yards. So the talent is there, and he's put together some good tape. I have no doubt that if Sean Payton continues to work with him and utilize him, he could be the next Albert O that hopefully sticks around. Guys, lots more to get to, more of your comments and supers, plus we have the head-to-head. But first, listen up. This holiday season, you might be looking for that nutritious, convenient meal to keep you energized on the jam-packed days. Enter Factor. It's a blessing sent from the football gods to Broncos country. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, and it can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. With Factor, you'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all of your holiday to-dos. They don't come frozen. They come refrigerated. They're perfect. You Two minutes in the microwave, bada-bing, bada-bang, and it's not the processed stuff that is basically you see everywhere in the grocery stores. My family has been using Factor, and my wife, my kids, myself have been raving about it. Perfect, perfect little meals, uh, especially like for me, I've been loving them, Zach, at lunchtime. Yeah, listen up, Broncos country. Skip the stress of meal prepping over the holidays with Factor. Choose from more than 35 weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals that support a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences, all delivered right to your door and ready to eat in just two minutes. This December, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door, ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. And this is not just a service for the holiday season only. No Factor is a way of life, Chad, 365 days a year. That's right. So head to factormeals.com slash huddle50. That's factormeals.com slash huddle50. But make sure you also use our code huddle50 to get 50% off. That's huddle50 at factormeals.com slash huddle50. Get that 50% off and eat right this holiday season. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. All right. We jump back in. Um, let's grab uh, KB before we get into our head-to-head. So good to see you, Kenny. Hope you're doing well, big dog. We miss you. You know what I'm saying? We miss you're here in the chat. That's not what I'm talking about. We miss you on staff, helping us out, part of the conversation, cranking out articles. Hope you're doing well, big dog. And thank you for the super. He says, what's your grade for DJ Jones? This is interesting. And Zach Allen so far. And then what's your grade on Jonathan Cooper and Nick Benito? So DJ Jones, I would give like my son's grade that he's getting in science right now. I'd give him like a C minus, something like that. He's got to step his game up. Sounds like my report card. Uh, Zach Allen, I would give a solid B, maybe a B minus because he was quite underwhelming to start the season, but then has picked up steam. He's had a few very impactful games. Uh, Cooper for me would be a B to a B plus. Yeah. And Benito, still a lot of weakness areas to his game, Zach, but based on what I expected to see from him, I can't give him an A or even a high B because of these weaknesses that are still glaring, but I would give him like a B minus. I mean, he's leading the team in sacks right now. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, I'll be a little more of a generous grader, kind of grading on a curve. DJ Jones, for me, he, he's a kind of an unheralded, unremarkable player, but when he makes the plays, uh, it's always impactful. I'm going to say C-plus for DJ Jones. Zach Allen, I know he got the big deal. He started off slowly, but if you look at the, the data and the analytics, he's really blossoming in the second half of the season and outperforming penny for penny Draymond Jones, uh, the man he replaced. So I'm going to go... B plus for Zach Allen, Jonathan Cooper. I'll say a solid B, you know, solid, if unspectacular, he's steady, reliable workmanlike. I really appreciate Cooper Benito kind of came out of nowhere. Second season took that big leap working with Jamar Kane, the uh, pass rush coach from his college days. He is the team's leading sacker. He's not been perfect. He has a lot to clean up, but I'll say a minus for Nick Benito. There you have it. Good conversation though. Thank you, KB. I just want to see, Again, and with DJ Jones, he's had a couple of of games where, <clears throat> you know, he's had a few splash moments, but he's just not holding up at the point of attack. And I think, to be frank with you, he is part of the reason the Broncos have struggled all year long to stop the run. We worried about the depth on the D-line, and that has been a factor as well. But it's also DJ, I don't think, carrying the his fair share of the water relative to especially the number of uh, dollars he's consuming on the salary cap. GLP, the swashbuckler himself, this man, we love you. And he goes hard, does Gary Palmer. Dude, thank you. He says, hey, MHH and Broncos country, some people take longer to mature. I just hope it isn't too late for Jerry Judy. Go Broncos, Zach. He's still, uh, Gary, I, I I don't want to knock your comment because I, I generally agree but it's not a blanket statement you can make for every player. It's not his first season. He's not a rookie. He's in year four now, almost going on year five. And he's saying the same immature thing as he was saying in 2020. He's doing the same things, the same issues he experienced as a rookie. And there's been no real tangible progress. I mean, no huge leap forward. Usually, in a player's third year, they take that step. They start to blossom. I mean, for someone like Justin Jefferson, that was immediate. C.D. Lamb, it was almost immediate. Why hasn't that light bulb come on for Jerry Judy? And someone in the comments said, oh, he's not getting the same number of targets as C.D. Lamb, so you can't compare. Can you trust him to give him those targets? If you throw him the ball, can you count on him catching it? As he proved against the Chargers, he's still struggling with the elementary aspects of being a receiver in the NFL. And he doubles down on that by saying, oh, I ran really great routes, so have to get him next time. It's just something about him, Chad, rubs me the wrong way. You know, receivers are divas. I get that, but it's acceptable. It's cute when they're performing and they're acting that way. But when they're not performing, when they're holding back the team and still acting like a diva, it's not cute. It's obnoxious. And think about this. Jerry Judy is almost through his fourth year in Denver, which means he's actually been a Bronco longer than he was at Alabama. Wrap your brain around that, and the, where's the production? Where's the production? And especially in the face of some of the other options the Broncos could have gone to. If, I mean, obviously, the big um, the big directive that year was wide receiver because you go Judy in, in round one, and then you go K.J. Hamler round two, and Oof. we didn't like those, you and I, Zach, those yeah. picks back-to-back, and wasn't necessarily anything against K.J. Hamler, but I'm digressing here. If you look at the players who the Broncos passed on that they could have taken, I mean – Think about Justin Jefferson, stud, all pro, game changer. C.D. Lamb, game changer. Stud. Uh, T. Higgins, I'm, there's one other one uh, I'm, I'm missing. But the point remains, like, they said, no, we're going to go with Jerry Judy. And so far, the returns have been a little too spotty. And I'm with you, dude. There is something about his energy, his juju, that – bothers me is it ruining my day is it preoccupying me no but like especially this year was quite quite obnoxious how he was behaving all that stuff on the field with steve smith um you know battling bronco super bowl legends on twitter and throwing shade at him when he's done jack squat in the nfl and then that combined with the lack of production uh, inability to execute in the critical moments. I'm over it, but I also recognize Zach. This dude is a talent. He does have talent. 
all of his issues, in my opinion, are between the years issues. And I was hopeful that this coaching staff uh, would be able to kind of help him fully put to bed some of those immaturity issues and take the final step to being a pro, but it just hasn't panned out that way. Scott's reminding me of Alabama who had uh, Najee Harris, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddell, and Devontae Smith. And then Scott says, Judy isn't mentally tough enough for the spotlight. Yeah, indeed. Might be true, Zach. You named the receivers and Scott named the person I was going to bring up. I mean, Henry Ruggs, say what you want about him. He was instantly producing as a rookie. He was the big play threat the Raiders drafted him to be. And you can say, you know, what type of person he is and all that's happened since then. I understand that. But Judy, we can't make excuses for a guy that will be in his fifth year next season. The light bulb should have went on three years ago, two years ago, and he's still stuck at square one. I'm just, like you said, I'm over it. It's unfortunate, man. But for the same reasons that we're over it, I think the Detroit Lions could be thinking that the Broncos, I mean, obviously when a guy runs a route, you got to have an answer. You got to have coverage on him. That's going to be a thing. But I think there's going to be some opportunities here, not only because the Lions secondary and the corners in particular aren't so hot, but because everyone's going to be hyper-focused, Zach, on Cortland Sutton and Judy. Man, you're going to have opportunities, dude. You just got to make hay when they come your way. You just got to be equal to your opportunity. All right, um, should we segue? We're at about 32 minutes. Should, should we do the yep. – let's do the head-to-head. Let's get things cooking here. You guys know what we do on Thursday nights. <clears throat> we like to do our uh, our head-to-head comparison between the Broncos and whatever the opponent is this week. And this is information that is kindly provided to us by the Denver Broncos. And uh, it's for your edification, entertainment, and education. Hey, alliteration, let's go. All right, let me get that off the screen. Bada bing. Uh, so let's get started here. As you know, green signifies top 10 ranking statistically. Red signifies uh, bottom 10. And then if it's a black, then it's right in the middle. So first things first, <coughs> Broncos are seven and six. Lions are nine and four. And remember, they got out to a hot start, shocking everybody, eight and two. Then they've lost two of their last three. And if memory serves, those two losses came against the Packers and Bears, two teams the Broncos have defeated. So we look at the general, Broncos still cruising in the turnover margin. They have taken the ball away six times more, Zach, than they have given it away, whereas it's inverted for the Lions. They've given it away six times more than they've taken it, but the Lions have done a good job staying on the field. They are the fourth-ranked time-of-possession team in the NFL, and the Broncos are on the lower end of the middle of the pack. So that's something that has been heavily, heavily influenced by, especially lately, the offense's inability, Zach, to convert third downs. So you take care of that, and it's just like with so many different things relative to football, it all kind of trickles downhill from there. You know, you take care of one thing, and it has a, an immense effect on positively on other aspects. But you look at these two offenses, the Lions are ranked third in total yards, uh, or I should say yards per game. Uh, they're averaging, Zach, 390.3. Broncos are ranked 24th in yards per game. That's a bottom 10 ranking, 300, barely over 300. Uh, yards per play, look at this green. The Lions rank fourth in yards per play. Seventh in points per game, averaging 26.2. Uh, they're fifth in rushing, which is a concern relative to the Broncos' defensive vulnerability. Uh, passing, they're seventh. This is a productive offense. You look at interceptions, though, they're tied for 15th most. So, you know, middle of the pack. But right here has really killed them. Ball insecurity, fumbles lost, 10 of them, which ties them for 26th. Uh, what's a better way to put it? Uh, sixth, sixth most fumbles lost. Total giveaway, Zach, 20. But they're really good, for the most part, at protecting Jared Goff. And Goff is also pretty good at feeling pressure and getting rid of it when he needs when he knows he needs to. They're good on third down. They're eighth on third down, converting 42.8%, just outside Zach, the top 10 in red zone. 
And then last thing that I'm serving it back to you, as it stands, the only green the Broncos have, that means the only top 10 statistical uh, mark they have on offense is interceptions. They've only thrown, has Russ, eight picks, uh, which ties them for the seventh fewest in the NFL. And then these two numbers, yeah, third down, well, sacks, third down and red zone, Zach, have to improve. I mean, when you go 0 for 11 in one game, your third down percentage is going to sink. But that red zone percentage, I'm a little surprised at because it seemed like Russell Wilson's best play over the first two quarters of the season was in the red zone. But uh, speaking from the Detroit side, their T.O.P. can be attributed to the running game like I talked about with uh, Montgomery and um, Shamir Gibbs. And their fumbles, I bet if you look it up, Chad, what were they ranked? Their fumbles lost. Yeah, 10. I bet Goff is responsible for at least half of those fumbles. And that's what I'm talking about with him. He's a, a good quarterback until he's not. He's a, a game manager and a stabilizing presence under center until you get him rattled. And he will turn the ball over very easy. This is a bad matchup for him going against this aggressive, turnover-prone, chaos-creating Denver defense. So a, a lot of green, I understand that's a little off-putting for Broncos country to see, but that can be negated if the Broncos stop the run, shut down Laporta, the tight end, and make Jared Goff beat you with everybody else. So here's the problem. I just did a little research, pulled up our, our game capsules for, the pre, for basically the last four games. You look at the third down and red zone issues the Broncos have, or rankings, I should say, statistically. Uh, it really began in the Cleveland game, as far as like the numbers starting to, to dip, uh, going into that Cleveland game. All right. So that was week 11, right? Week 11, the Broncos ranked 15th in third down percentage offensively or pardon me, pardon me, 18th, sorry, in, uh, third down 21st in red zone. The next week going into Houston, 17th in third down 21st tied still for red zone. Then going into the Chargers game, they were ranked, uh, they dropped 20 to 23rd, Zach, and 24th. Uh, and then, of course, now you have their 21st and 26th. So it's kind of seesawing a little bit on third down. They've improved a little bit over last week, but uh, one percentage point that's the difference. Last week, Zach, going into the game, they were converting 48.9% of their red zone trips, and uh, one half of a percent down, drop them four spots or two spots. Pardon me. All right. So let's look at the defense here. The, uh, this is where, you know, if the Broncos offense chooses to have themselves a day and like bring their big boy pants, it, it could be enough because defensively, man, this is, this is pretty woeful net yards. The chargers are, or pardon me, the lions are 15th. They're 20th in yards per play points. They're allowing 24.2. All right. You wonder how the Lions are scoring so much. I mean, it is a productive offense, but they've really had to be. They haven't had much choice, Zach, but to freaking get after it. Uh, rushing, they're middle of the pack on the yeah, they're middle of the pack. Passing, lower end of middle of the pack defense. Interceptions, they only have nine on the season. They have five fumble recoveries only, which puts them tied for 27th. Takeaways total, 14, which puts them bottom five or six. It's six in the league. Uh, sacks, they only have 28, which ranks them 25th. Third down, they're middle of the pack. Red zone, there are only three teams worse than the Lions in defending red zone uh, possessions. And then you look at the Broncos, look at how these numbers are improving. All right, these top five that are all in the red. This is all in the red because of the Dolphins game still. All right, if you were to remove that and then do the average based on 11 games, this wouldn't look anything like this. But even those first two games in the in the picture, net yards still 30th, uh, points per game uh, tied for 23rd. So this number, they've consistently chipped away at that after allowing 70 in week three. Uh, but this is the big still glaring issue that just has not improved whatsoever. Rushing, the Broncos can't stop the run. And then passing, you know, they're, they're not doing so hot in that department either. But again, that's another number that is very inflated still by that Dolphins game. You get to uh, the takeaways, no problem. Broncos still lead the NFL in takeaways. And they're improving in this department, which has been good to see. Sacks, 34 on the season, ranks 19th. This is now, Zach, believe it or not, 
The second-ranked third-down defense, only one team is better than the Broncos on third-down defensively, and they're just outside the top 10 in red zones. Yeah, I see we have a uh, Detroit fan in the comments. I'm pretty sure it's a Detroit fan, Rock Howard. Let me just say, Rock, your defense is trash, bro. I mean, except for Anzalone and Aiden Hutchinson, you really don't have much to write home about. And if Russell Wilson gets time, it's the same thing I say every single week. Um, he can be able to pick apart. Look at all that red there for Detroit's defense. I mean, that's, you know, prime for the taking. And I can see the deep ball coming back into effect. Maybe this is the week that Marvin Mims finally gets involved. Uh, maybe this is the week, like we were talking about, Jerry Judy gets involved. I look for Cortland Sutton to have another touchdown. And more or less for the Broncos offense, if they protect Russ and get the running game going, they should have their way with that barely there Detroit defense. All right, we go to uh, the special teams. And look, net punting has improved from the red, Zach. Look at that. That's good to, that's good to see. Uh, that is more a mark of the Broncos' punt return unit, uh, or, pardon me, punt coverage units, than it is necessarily the punter having some market improvement. But uh, still, that punting issue, the punter himself, holding back the Broncos special teams from being top 10 across the board, still first in punt return average, still first in kick return average, sixth in, in punt uh, coverage, seventh in uh, kick return coverage, and then tied for sixth in their field goal percentage. So that's cool to see. And then you look at the Lions, they have a solid punt return game as well. They're in the top 10. And kickoff return. So yes, who? one of those games, man. You got to boot it out of the back of the end zone, Zach. I'm pretty sure the returner, Chad, is Khalif Raymond, the former Broncos receiver. And um, he's been doing some solid work for them. So it's a fairly even matchup. Their punter's not great either. Um, but the, the the job that Mike Westoff has done and Ben Kotwika, the coordinator, with Marvin Mims, all that green has been non-existent for seven years leading up till now. So I couldn't be more thrilled. Yeah, Raymond is the punt returner, um, and so he's doing he's doing well. All right, we look at this. It's so crazy still, Zach. Broncos opponents still commit the most penalties in the NFL. Now, there, there's currently another team, I'm not sure who it is, tied with the Broncos in terms of opponents, most penalties committed by the opponent. But you look at penalties, I mean, this was another one of those areas in the first quarter of the season, Zach, where – Week in, week out, 32nd, 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 32nd. And then all of a sudden it started to climb and it's tied for 18th just for craps and gigs. Uh, last week, they went into that Chargers game, did the Broncos, ranked 20th in penalties committed. So that's an improvement. Meanwhile, the Lions rank 13th or tied for 13th in penalties committed. And opponents don't really... They, they don't do a good job, let me put it this way, of triggering their opponents to lose some poise. So there you have it. That's the head-to-head. -head. It should be a fairly even matchup. Looking forward to it. Just real quick before I dip out of this page, though, I want to scooch over here to the stats department. And I just want to look. So there's Anzalone that's, that Zach mentioned earlier. He's a quarter, you know, maybe two quarters away from crossing the century mark on tackles. Alex Singleton continues just stacking them. Uh, sacks, Aiden Hutchinson, interesting article today by Eric Trickle, who explained through the analytics how Hutchinson, six and a half sacks, that's nothing to sneeze at. He has the third most pressures in the NFL. But because he has the third most pressures, Zach, and only six and a half sacks, he has one of the lowest pressure to sack ratios in the NFL. So there's a reason why he's able to create that pressure, but he can't close. Uh, Benito still leads the team, seven sacks. Cooper still five and a half. Um, you look at interceptions, Simmons still leads the Broncos. Um, points scored, let's see, receiving yards. Look at that. St. Brown's over a thousand. Sutton, 699 leading the Broncos. Uh, rushing, Pookie. So 350. If Pookie gets a hundred yards, Rushing Zach in three of the last four games, he'll cross a thousand. What do you think the odds of that are? Uh, decent. It'd be easier if he wasn't splitting carries with P. Ryan and McLaughlin. It'd be even easier if his quarterback wasn't the third leading rusher. I think he'll come close, Chad. 
and it might be a situation. Remember in 2017 or 2018 when C.J. Anderson was like a few yards away and they ran the ball a lot to push him over? I think it could get to that, but they shouldn't go out of their way to get Pookie over 1,000, obviously. C.J.'s one and only 1,000-yard rushing season. Um, Wilson, 2,600 pass yards. Jared Goff, almost 1,000 yards more. But their model is entirely different, and he's also a pocket-only quarterback, uh, Jared Goff. So, um, all right, let's see. We're at 46 minutes. We're about out of time here, guys. So one last pass here on the chat. We want to hear some of your thoughts on what you saw uh, from the head-to-head. Um, looking here. Sorry, I'm, I got to catch up. I didn't realize I was that high up on the conversation. Chad Beach on, on Facebook. I hope – uh, wait, I'm sorry. I missed that. Who's he talking about? I got to skip you on that, dude. I'm not sure who you're talking about. Uh, Mike, yes, indeed. Broncos, number one and third down defense during their six and one stretch. Okay. And they're doing well as it stands right now. As, as we mentioned, Broncos defense uh, currently ranks second, right? Yeah, second and third down. So they are definitely improving there. But Zach, uh, I think we've pretty much covered everything. Robert, is Kareem back? Zach, he wants, you, he wants you to tell him. Not yet, but the bigger question is about P.J. Locke, to me at least, because Locke had a neck, I'm pretty sure, neck injury. He was on the injury report. I think he was DNP two days, and he was limited today. He got in some sort of practice, so the hope is he'll play. And even when Kareem's back, it shouldn't be his job anymore, in my opinion, Chad. It should be P.J. Locke going forward. The defense has flowed tremendously better uh, with him back there. So the Broncos have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players listed on the injury report. Two of them are ruled out, Benito and Dulcich. And uh, Locke is the only player otherwise who is listed as questionable. Everyone else dinged up and listed on the injury report, but full go for the game. So, yeah, let's hope. I mean, just from a body's perspective, the Broncos need him on the field because Kareem not quite there. And you can't trust uh, Deller and Turner yell. Uh, yeah. But also what P.J. Locke brings to the table, dude, like he just makes plays. He finds a way to make plays in critical moments. And uh, it's been one of the kind of little joys of this season, seeing him kind of blossom. Mike, love you, big dog. Thank you for being a great ambassador. The Ronk. Hashtag, but Zach, unless there's anything else, let's dip on out. There's one more thing really quickly. I saw that Scott banned the, the Lions troll rock or whatever. Uh, before he went, though, uh, he made a comment along the lines of, defense doesn't matter when you're up by 50 on Saturday, implying that the Lions will get that big of a lead, kind of like the Dolphins did. Rock, if you're still listening, if you're still watching, I will bet you cold, hard cash, $1,000, charity of your choice, to your name, whoever, that – the Broncos will not be losing by 50 points against your Lions on Saturday. Let me know if you take the bet. I love this from Doug. Of course, uh, Brandon Perna, he's the man. He's an OG here at MHH. A lot of you guys don't know this, but Brandon Perna, founding member of the MHH staff back in 2014. Um, Doug says, we're going to win for sure. Brandon Perna's curse wheel picked Detroit this week. The wheel has been right, Zach, 10 weeks in a row. Pretty crazy, right? I mean, can't hurt the Broncos' chances for sure. I have seen some of those uh, clips on X, Twitter, whatever, and it's uh, definitely legitimate. But the Broncos just play their style of football like we've seen over this 6-1 and one span. I know the Lions are a tough matchup. It's it's at Detroit where the Lions play much better. It's a primetime game. It's not going to be easy. But if the Broncos play like, like they did against Buffalo or the Chargers or Cleveland, just a more of a dominant effort, I don't see why they can't win, you know, curse or not. By the way, real quick, Zach, before we get to the to the final messages here, um, Albert Okawebunam in Philly. He's appeared in four games this season. What would you what would you guess his stats are? Like one catch, probably, if that one target. Oh, no catch. Zero, zero catches. So I'm not sure what his uh, snap volume has been, but obviously probably not much. So uh, Doug, thanks for bringing that up though. Yes, let's go. Um, yeah, dude, money more. Yeah, so the OG readers of MHH, you know, we didn't really 
start trying to be a presence on YouTube till what was that, Zach? 2019, the 2019 season. And so for the preceding uh, six seasons, you know, most of what we did, all our podcast stuff was on demand, right? We'd record the conversation, upload it, et cetera. And then on the written side of stuff, you know, that was really what 99% of our focus was uh, at that time. And it's still a huge focus for us. But when we, MHH started, myself brought on Brandon Perna uh, to do all the video. So OG MHH readers can remember his his awesome, uh, original, funny stuff. But then, uh, and then like guys like Eric was with me, uh, Luke Polglaze, if you guys remember Luke and those of you who maybe don't go back that far with us, he's often a guest on the Dove Valley Deep Diver show, Coach Luke, Coach Polglaze, and um, a few other guys. But Brandon Perna, while he was working for us, one of the things that I wanted, I didn't want him to stop doing his YouTube thing, of course. Like that was his bread and butter, his dream, and it was starting to build up steam. And as it kept going, you got to 2015 and it was Super Bowl year, right? That was a wild year went gangbusters and was like, Brandon, you got to go like, give that your whole focus. He did of course. And the rest is history. And then Zach and I, we crossed paths when 24 seven sports slash CBS sports bought the company, the network that mile high huddle was on. So right now mile high huddles on sports illustrated back then we were on scout and CBS bought scout. And then uh, Zach and I got brought together uh, on the, on the Broncos beat, so to speak. And the rest is history. It feels like a lifetime ago, Chad, but I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Love doing this with you. Love talking to all you. I'm glad you know we can make it possible. When was that? 2018? Yeah, 2018. 2018. So it's been a great five years and counting, but one, two, 18, 19, 20, 20, 22, 20. So This is our sixth season together, Zach and I, and we've been doing this live stream pod for five of them. So no playoff Yes, of course. Scott Nobody Kennedy. Uh, thank you. I'm thinking like staff, staff. So you go way back. Since since we have a second, when I started Mile High Huddle on Scout, Scott was what well, we an executive, an executive basically, right? What was I, I'm trying to remember what your title was? Uh, yeah, 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 that's right, managing editor. Yeah, he was an executive, VP of content, and Scott was. I was always a little nervous about Perna's uh, content because he. Even on the clean stuff, he would push the envelope. And so I, I would be like, everything cool on this? And I'd hear back from Scott. He's like, no, we love it, dude. Keep it rolling. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, but Scott was the was a big dog network executive at, uh, at Scout. And that continued at CBS. Then he left, went to Sports Illustrated. Then he decided, you know what? I actually want to get back to content. And so that's why he's doing what he does now and, and joined the – the team here at MHH and does what he does on Falcons and his great YouTube and Facebook pages. So anyway, OG, OG trip down memory lane, Zach. Uh, yeah, I'll take this compliment, Pearl. You two are fantastic together. Only one better have Scott join you in a three-way. <laughs> I think, Pearl, I'll pass on that. You wouldn't want to see that happen. Pearl's, but... Pearl's too innocent to even have that on. She's, she totally means that, you know. It's a family you gotta get friendly show, out of the gutter. It's funny as it is. Look at Scott. He's going, wait a minute. What? Uh, we appreciate you. Ready, you. Scott? You ready? Let's let's answer the bell for Pearl. Let's go. <laughs> I wish you guys could see Scott's face right now. But guys, don't leave. We got a few messages for you before we dip on out. Perfect way to end the podcast. Another tremendous episode of the MHH pod. If you're not doing so, please follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott, our producer at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some mer merchandise like we're always rocking each and every podcast, check out MHHmerch.com and get you some. If you haven't done so yet, please drop us a like at Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. You can find us on IG at Mile underscore high underscore huddle. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, make sure you're leaving your football priest and our Deacon Scott a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, y'all, please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Oh, yeah, baby.
Shout out to the great supporters and Super Chat superstars tonight. David McElrath, Troy, KB, Gary on Facebook. We've got The Ronk, Colby, and Phil down in Tucson. Much love and respect, guys. We'll be back this weekend. Enjoy the conclusion to the work week. Tomorrow morning, don't forget, you got some legends of Mile High with Thomas Hall on the bright, followed by Dove Valley Deep Divers. Saturday night's the game. Can't wait to see how it all unfolds. And first thing in the morning will be the uh, MHH roundtable. All right. So you'll be seeing our predictions, what we expect to see. Zach, myself for Broncos Lions, plus all the other uh, staff writers and analysts at Mile High Huddle. Yeah, I'm going to give Robert a little love here. He's been pretty nice in the comments. Love you all. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you, Robert. Thank you so much. And he also says, Zach, you can be a salesman. I'll decline that. I'm very happy with what I'm doing right now with Chad and uh, the whole crew at MHH. But appreciate you, Robert. Hope you have a great weekend. Everyone else as well, have a great weekend. We'll see you on Sunday after the game on Saturday. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.